time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. We are live in Barcelona. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 244. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. My name's Trevor Long, eftm.com.au. We're sitting in the press room celebrating our anniversary. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Fifth, our fifth anniversary of uh, providing our listeners with a weekly wrap of technology. The Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast kicked off February the 22nd, 2011. Can you believe that? It's, Five it years. is a bloody long time. Oh, you, you got a child younger than that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, we did get a couple of tweets, so thank you to everyone for um, for their loyalty. Many many people have been with us for that entire five years. Others have uh, sampled us once and never come back. <laughs> um, others have joined us perhaps just for the first time this week, and we appreciate your joining us. We appreciate your support. We, uh, As Stephen said, we bring you the latest in technology each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Now, um, we'll push straight through with this one, Stephen. We are in Barcelona for Mobile World Congress. I'm here as a guest of Huawei. You're here as a guest of Samsung. And let's just set the scene. This is not CES, not, not by a million miles. Um, it's smaller, but it's still massive, huge, enormous. But it's, I'm going to say, 80% B2B, business to business. You know, it is... Enterprise-focused, yeah. Telstra, talking to Ericsson, talking to Nokia, talking about... We're talking about building towers. We're talking about building networks. We're not talking about devices. But that 20% that is consumer is enormous because it sets the scene for the entire year. And I think that's... I mean, that's why we're here, right? I mean, I... To be honest, once I'd I'd spent a full day here, I I pretty much felt like I'd seen the bulk of it. I'll have another wander around, but it's not like CS where you can stumble across a different story every 10 metres of a little gadget or something, don't you think? Absolutely, yeah. I think that the show has actually evolved quite a bit. The last time I was here was several years ago at Mobile World Congress. It's the first time I've been here for a while. Last time I was here, I think the smartphone was in its infancy and, and it was all about... Uh, creating these little services and ringtones and all these little things that you could that, that the networks that could manage at the time now we're moving towards 4.5g 5g is the big talk of the show as well they're also embracing things that we did see at CES, things like vr 360 degree cameras how that's going to be shared on the network i think well, that's a huge theme so here that's as well the interesting difference or point here is that it's not about just announcing a product like samsung did and we'll talk about that but so i went on a on an extensive tour of the huawei booth which which is not, not something I was obligated to do, but something I was keen to do as a result of them having me here. But, you know, there's, there's a couple of devices, but the rest of it is, you know, towers and things. And they're talking about the fact that they need to build networks that are fast enough, have enough throughput and enough capacity for people to watch and stream 360 content. So you've got this consumer-facing stuff, and then you've got the, the 2020 vision. And we're talking, it's, you know, another 5, 10 years away before we're talking about 5G. But Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, they have to be here to make those oh, yeah. capital planning decisions now. Well, that's absolutely right. It's as much about the technology. And the thing the thing about it is that a lot of our listeners, it's it's the things behind the curtain that they're, they're never going to see. They don't care how it happens. They just want it to happen. Yeah, I don't so, care how, how you make the watch, just tell me the time. That's right. So the, in, in this case, the, all, all, that, all that's going on here, all those deals are being done now, all those arrangements being made as we move towards 5G. So it, it, it is... 
repairing the network. I think there's a stat we'll talk about in the Telstra segment a little bit later, just about the increase in video demand and how we are using the network in a in a totally different way than we did as recently as two years ago. So while they're great, it's this show is terrific for all the shiny new handsets, which we'll talk about now. But it's equally as important that having that network in place because without it, those devices are useless. All right, well, let's get cracking on on the individual vendors then. <coughs> Excuse me, Samsung didn't kick it off. There was press conferences before then, but without question, they do get the attention. Um, they are the number one phone maker in the world. They are, you know, Apple's number one competitor, if you like. Yep. Um, so a lot of attention on them. And I guess the first thing to say is their press conference was a little bit unorthodox. Um, not just sitting there looking at a stage, 4,000 VR goggles sitting on chairs. Absolutely, yeah. It was, uh, I think I think someone mentioned it was probably the biggest simultaneous viewing of virtual reality in ever so we've kind of been the I'm not sure that's a good thing for humankind well, I don't know but it, it was it was different in the fact that uh, Samsung really made and, and the actual announcement the first time we saw the S7 and the S7 Edge well the people at the press conference when they saw it is was on the VR headset right. so they, they were sort of dance, swinging around and moving around us and you could you could like they're flying over your head it was, it was quite impressive so the, the sheer size of that place so there's 4,000 people in there a VR headset on every chair it was quite an operation it would have taken weeks to set that up months of planning too in terms of the the coordination of it so two new devices the galaxy s7 the galaxy s7 edge an interesting kind of difference this year we don't have um two edge devices they had the the edge last year and the edge plus so i think they've just gone you know what the edge was popular um and it was popular in the big version so let's just go big on the edge let's go um let's go the upgrade on the on the on the s7 but I, I, I like to look at 2015 for Samsung as a gap year. Um, they, yeah. they announced a good phone, beautiful quality phone. I, was, I, I do believe it was the best quality phone Samsung had ever made at that point. But they went backwards and they copped a lot of flack for not having waterproofing, dustproofing, removable battery and, and expendable storage. And two of those things they've made good on this year by adding in waterproofing, dustproofing Absolutely. and the expandable well, storage. I, I, uh, in, in my Tech Guide podcast, episode 187, with, uh, I had an interview with Prasad Gokali, the head of mobile and IT Samsung Australia and I, I put that to him I said look can now that we've got all these features back can we look at the S6 as being maybe a slight misstep for the company and he obviously disagreed with that he said look at the time when we were sort of creating this new design you know combining metal and glass we didn't have the means to make it waterproof. We didn't have the means to fit in the micro SD card slot. So we that that that's what that's just how it was. But obviously they've listened to customers. They look they looked at their bottom line because it was no secret that the S6 really fell well below expectations, and and they bled a lot of customers to iPhone as well. So I think lesson learned. S7 got all those features back on board again, and I've got to say these are probably. With the enhanced processor, like it's 30% um, faster than last year's model. Improved camera. Dramatically improved it's, it's, camera too. Less, it's, it's less pixels, bigger pixels, better low light. It's, yeah. a, it's an important step forward for the camera. I'd say you, you could easily say these are probably the best devices they've ever produced. And, and, and it's going to really, they're not out, they're going to be out actually really soon, March 11. Pre-orders this week. They go, and you get a free VR headset if you do pre-order. But they've got a six-month jump now on Apple. We're not going to see the iPhone 7 till what, September? So they're not wasting any time getting these into the market. The reaction I've had from my readers is, 
oh, well, these look pretty good. You know, people aren't going to wait for the new iPhone. They're going to jump straight into these ones. So pretty positive signs for Samsung. You know, these are terrific devices. They are. I mean, the, the S6 was a great device. It just lacked a couple of things yeah. that, that people had come to expect from Samsung. And then I guess the other thing we should mention is they announced the, um, and this was part of the, the VR um, play at their press conference, they announced a little little camera, little Gear, yes, 360. Gear 360. Now, um, two lenses, um, alternate sides, creating a full 360 degree um, video recording. And, you know, you can stream that into your smartphone. And I think the best part of the whole event, and it's probably the most viral photo of, of the year thus far, is the picture of <laughs> all the journos sitting there. And I, I, de- I declare I wasn't there, so I, I can say all the all the journos sitting there with the, with the goggles on, looking at stuff in their goggles, looking around like fools. And then here's Mark Zuckerberg walking through the crowd. Yeah. Like no one noticed he was there because no one could see him. He just Absolutely. walked up on stage. And funny, what did you do? Yeah. You took your headsets off and went, oh, crap, Zuckerberg's there. <laughs> and, and it's funny, you know, because of all the press coverage that, that I've heard from back home and seen sort of just on, the, on social media, his appearance alone was as big as big a news as the devices themselves. That's and right. We should specify too that he does have a vested interest here because Facebook does own Oculus, yeah. which is was powering the Gear there was VR. People that missed that, they were talking about yeah. it like it was some big deal, not 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 some some random thing. Not random at all. I mean, it, Oculus is Oculus, is Oculus have been there from the start with Samsung yeah. on the Gear VR for the several versions mm. of it. So Facebook has been on this journey with Samsung, yeah. and and it's huge for them because he talked about there's been one million views of uh, of, of 360 videos on Facebook. You know, Facebook is a, a very good platform for 360 video. Yeah, he, he he it was it was like oh I was at the press conference and it was quite funny when he when he suddenly appeared on stage, everyone. Well, not everyone. A great number of people ran up out of their seats, ran up to the stage. Really? Yeah, to take photos of him and get a, a close-up photo. I, I walked up to the stage and took a photo of him. But it was—it's it, that kind of effect I think that he's got. Like he's like this tech whiz kid who was was probably the star of the show and and, and was as much a headliner as the devices themselves. He also gave a keynote a yesterday. He gave a keynote here talking about how his goal is to connect as many people to the internet and flying solar-powered drones for, for three to six months to provide internet coverage to these remote areas and things like that. And so, Facebook access. And Facebook, of course, yes. But you were asking me a question. What were you saying? Does he have a good thing that he's the headliner? Well, yeah, so is it a good thing that Zuckerberg stole the show? Yes, because they get high-end attention but does it take away at all from the device conversation i don't think so he in fact he he mentioned the fact that he he endorsed samsung as being well you know with their super AMOLED screens it's great for the gear vr because we should remember that you the gear vr is useless without a samsung phone plastic that's right so uh therein was the endorsement that samsung were probably contracted to receive from him at that time so um you know having him there i think really ticked the box for for their i think it added to the cool factor of the event okay so just quickly then wrapping up on the samsung we both had a look at them i mean as as i said their last year's phone slightly enhanced you know the the S7 has a slightly more curved back. It's it's a little bit easier to pick up. The, sorry, the edge as well. Mm. So they're they're a, they're a better. They are they are an improved phone aesthetically as well as the things that we talked about before. Absolutely. And I've got an announcement to make. I wasn't a fan of Edge last year. I wasn't. I'm still not a fan of I, Edge. I am a fan of Edge now. I've seen. I've had the S7 Edge, used it, and 
if I was to be given a choice, I'd, I'd be choosing the Edge this year. Why? What's it? Well, it's got a bigger screen for a start. I think they've enhanced the Edge UX so you can have more apps and more information on that Edge. It wasn't just a gimmicky feature. Now it's actually, there are even tools. You can have a, a ruler and a compass and all these other things that can use along the Edge. You've got your contacts. They're going to allow third-party app developers to create an Edge UX version of their apps as well. So they've really upped the game in that area, and I'm, I'm a convert. I think the Edge is going to be the more popular of the two. You don't, I don't get don't, it. You don't agree? No, I don't like it. But, that, but this is the thing. These With are very choices. personal devices. Choices. So if I, I, when, if Apple announce a smaller iPhone, I'm going to go straight to is it. Is this from the bloke who said, no, nah, the 6 Plus is too big, and now what are you rocking? A love handle on 6, six Plus. plus. Right. I can use the phone. Okay, yeah. All right. It's still too big. I, okay. I don't need a device this big. That's my point. Right. I'm looking forward to a smaller it's one. It's how you use it that counts, Trevor. It's not the size. Oh, Remember three kids okay. to prove that. <laughs> um, let's move on to... Oh, sorry. I'm stealing the thunder, but we'll just play. We'll play through as, as we do. Play through, um, yeah. uh, LG. Now, this... I'm going to... I'll make an announcement. I think this is the phone of the show. I, I'm, I agree. I think that it's a bold move from LG who have, I think, in the past, past few years... Uh, suffered from, uh, I reckon, an, un, their phones have been underrated in the last couple of years. The G4, excellent device. device. G3, excellent device. Don't, they don't quite have the megaphone and sort of wattage of Samsung in terms of the, this juggernaut of publicity machine. But i got to say, I agree with you. I think it's a very bold move, a very smart move too, because you think of the, the structure of this phone, and we should wrap up the fact that um, the unibody construction of it, you know, the unibody, yet it still can, you can access the battery, you can snap on these extra tools, the, the cam, the camera, the, the audio, who knows what else other companies that, are going to come That's the critical with. thing here. It's basically a modular phone. So the base, if if someone, if you're sitting there right now listening to the podcast and you're looking at an iPhone, for example, imagine the, the iPhone below the screen just snaps off and, and you're actually able to see inside the phone. That's what you can do with the G5. And well, it's hilarious. And I've said this all, all week on the radio to people. It's hilarious that we're, we're lauding the fact that, that you can remove the battery from a phone because you could do that on nearly every phone five years ago. Yeah, but long, here's yeah. LG going, well, let's, let's, let's bring back that feature, yeah. but let's enhance it by saying, take out the, the battery, put it onto another module, so a Bang & Olufsen um, uh, audio enhancement. Bingo, you've got, uh, you've got a DAC there for your phone, better quality audio. Take it off, put it onto a, a camera module Cam and handle, give, you, yeah. give you a bigger handle to grip the phone. And and, battery. And, uh, additional battery power there too. Yeah, physical um, controls. Physical controls of the camera. Yeah. It's very cool. It is. I know. I, I think is it enough to make people want to buy it? Well, I, if, and, and looking at the device itself, like I got my hands on it, I was at the press conference, it, it, it looked terrific. It, like, it, it, you, you couldn't really tell that there was, there was a, obviously a gap in the, in the bottom of the, where you could see the crack where you can open it up, but still a very thin, very light phone that uh, wasn't achievable uh, you know, the removable battery wasn't achievable until they came up with this idea. Now, the fact people think, oh, I can't remove the battery, a lot of people panic because if the battery runs down, LG now give you the possibility of having a second battery. And I, and I, I hazard a guess here that they may even include a second battery with it. No. So it's a 28 milliamp hour battery. They may toss a second one in there to say, right, you got one here, you can charge another one, you can pop it out, like, it like your drone battery. Like your drone be, battery. It would be a smart move, but it won't well, happen. So a couple of things. Um, I, I had it for the Today Show, so I had a couple of hours to muck around with it. The It is a bit clunky to get off the bottom of it. It's not the best mechanism. Yeah, you sort of got to twist it and you pull it off, push, yeah. Push really hard and pull really yeah. So it could be a better mechanism, but... Sounds you, like Friday night at the Longhouse. I'll push a bit and pull a bit. You're not yeah. going to... You're terrible. <laughs> you are not going to be doing... You're not going to take that that base off five times a day. It's going to nah. be once in a while. 
And the second thing is, now, this is a patented copyright, my feature, Your because, feature. mate, it's if, if they introduce feature. it, it yeah. I either need to get branding on it or kickback. Yeah. Hot swap. They, what, what happens, when you pull the bottom out, you pull the battery out, you remove the yeah, battery from yeah, the phone. The phone what they should do is you should remove 60% of the battery and the other 30% stays up there Still and so running. it keeps going and you can hot swap. Yeah, that's Imagine that. Idea. We should we should mention the fact too that, uh, and this is a similar feature in the Gal the S7 and S7 Edge is the always on display, so that this is the the. I'm not sure that's a big deal. Well, no, I think it is because. Like, How hard we, is it to push a button and we, see what time it well, is? Well, we we check our phones hundreds of times a day, right? In your case, like three hundred times a day, right? And in yours, five hundred. Mine five. We both do it, right? Now. The ability, and that, that wastes your battery. You've got to unlock it. You've got to open up the screen, fire up the full screen to find out the time or the weather or how many so you But No, but you think about it. Those little increments during the day, if you do that 100 times less just to find out the time, that's going to add a few hours to your battery. Right, well, I'll give you the standout feature of the G5. Two lenses. Yes. The camera has a the camera has a 78 um, yes. degree normal lens, but then it has 135 degree. And the amazing thing is, you just in the camera app. I, I did a little video if you want to look at it on, on Twitter or Facebook. But you, you just you know, I'm taking a photo and you go, hey everyone, you know, there's like 100 people at a wedding. Can everyone move in? No, no. You just tap the screen on the little little landscape thing, switch. and it switches yeah. automatically like in like half a second. A, like it would switch to the selfie camera. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it switches yeah, lenses, and yeah. and you've now got a wide angle. It's so wide that if you're if you've got your finger on the back of the phone you'll, you'll, you'll see part of your finger yeah. like it's wow. it's a very wide lens well, I think that uh, people are going to see massive improvement across the board the cameras, cameras on phones yeah. are fantastic because, we'll talk about Sony you know in a minute because Apple is, Apple's phone is better Apple's well, camera is better mate, I think these are going to really catch these are going to keep them honest the, the, these are very very impressive cameras the Samsung camera is very impressive LG camera equally impressive. The whole the low light functionality too. I think Samsung did a demo where they had a, a this this box that created really low light conditions with an image at the end of it, mm. and the the phone could still pick up all this detail and, and all this brightness. Um, same deal with LG. Or uh, LG also introduced a lot of LG friends. All these add-on devices. What do you think of the? They've got the rolling bot. Stupid. You know. <laughs> well, the rolling bot, which I had a look at. They've also got the. Uh, Imagine the Sphero, like that's that's been in America and eating McDonald's on stilts because it's huge. But then it's it's all like it's a great concept, right? Because you can drive it around, you can access it remotely, and it could do like IR blasting to turn things on and off. But Really? And there's who's a laser pointer to play with your pet. Mate, who's doing that? <laughs> well, it, it's a security camera in a way. Okay, this is how it was explained to me at the press conference. It's a security camera. You can drive it around your house so it's a portable security camera. Rather than having a fixed security camera, this is a security camera on right. wheels. Well, it's true. It's on wheels. It can also act as a gateway to control your home appliances. So if it's in that near... If you're that home, lazy that you don't want to no, get but, up... But what about if you're not home, though? If you're not home... It's, you can remotely access it and pilot this to different parts of the house to see what the pets are up to. If there's a package near the front door, you can do that. With I'll this. give you a gold plate of guarantee. Gold plate of guarantee. You'll never see this device again. No, I disagree. It will not come to market. It's going to be okay. And of course, you they've think got. This a, will come to market. It will come to market. I, I think it will. And Aussies being early early adopters, I think we'll we'll have a crack at this. We should also mention that LG also have a 360 camera and also have a VR, although their VR headset is more like a pair of sunglasses. But it has a screen. So the, let's say so the difference is there. You don't put the phone in. No. They're very you, lightweight. You they fold cable. up. You attach it with a cable, so yeah. it's got kind of little screens in there. Yeah. It's actually 
in my view, it's the best VR headset in, in terms of wearability, yeah. but it's also, because it's got the little screen, it's just not the best quality, unfortunately. Nothing's beat, nothing yet beats PlayStation VR in terms of quality, um, but it is a different approach, and I, I admire LG for that. A yeah, different approach is a good yeah. thing right now. Absolutely right, yeah. I, th- their event was actually uh, the... They, they kind of acted out all these different scenarios where all these um, features would be useful. It was, you know, they're not going to win any Academy Awards, let's just say, but it did illustrate the fact that... Most of the company yeah. executives would not win <laughs> any sort of public speaking no. award. But, no, but but the event, though, did illustrate the fact that... Sony's boss is the best. Let's, let's rate them. Sony's boss is the best speaker. You, th- you think so? Without question. Are you being sarcastic there? No, he is. He's, right. he's, he's engaging. The he's guy from the, 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 the X, Xperia X press conference or someone else? Oh, you awesome, Sony. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He's well, he, great. He just introduced it though. Yeah, I, I think that I tell you what, I, I, from the Samsung event, and I can't remember his name. The guy who got up to speak at the start before he handed over to the American Samsung guys to talk about the features, he was he it was very Apple esque in the way he presented. Like he was call, calling it the best in the on the planet, and it was gorgeous and beautiful. I think they've been doing a little bit of homework on the Apple keynotes and taken a leaf out of the book it did have that kind of feel that kind of vibe all right we should say uh, hands-on uh, of the samsung is available at techguide.com.au photos and hands-on of the lg at techguide.com.au i've also got stories up at eftm.com.au check them all out there uh, you can follow us both on twitter at trevor long and at stephen fennick and if you want to have a chat about anything happening on the show jump across to the hashtag ziggy zaggy now alcatel one touch is gone it's finished it's no longer you mean the one touch part yeah, I'm just, I'm, geez, mate, way to, way to ruin a build-up. What about that bloke's ears? Um, <laughs> yeah, just for those wondering what he's talking about, he's got, this guy's got these massive earrings inside his earlobes that make his earlobes look like they're, what, bigger than, bigger than 50 cent mm-hmm. pieces. They're what massive. Doing, what are you doing to yourself to cut a hole in your ear and put a ring in there that it's gutsy. makes... It's gutsy. It's, it's, it's courageous for him to walk around that he's way. Ne- he, how's he going to get a job when he's 30? I don't know, but he's going to have pretty loose earlobes when he's, he's done. Pretty loose. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alcatel One Touch is no longer replaced by Alcatel. So they've dropped the One Touch from the name. They've got a new brand, new logo. It looks very nice. And they've announced here the Idol 4, um, the Idol 4S. Now, the critical thing here is the Idol 3... Missed the boat. It was a bit late. Didn't really hit Australian markets. So I think they were hoping for more, and they only really got into Dodo. It was a yeah. bit of a tough one for them, timing-wise. It, it was a struggle. To, I think Great Al- Alcatel's challenge with the Idol 3, and like I had it in July and reviewed it, and I haven't had as much a response to a phone ever than ever. Like Even the iPhone, I didn't have as many people asking, where can I buy it? I want to get it. And the problem was that Alcatel never had a deal with Telstra. They never had a deal with Optus. They, they worked out a deal with Dodo, as you mentioned. But from, from this year, they're going to open their own online store. So that customers, whenever they see a phone like that on, on my site, on your site, and rather than asking where to buy it, they can click onto their website yeah. and buy it direct. And look, the thing is, though, because they're here at MWC... They'll have better traction with the with retailers and everyone. So hopefully they will get it into a direct retailer, like let's say JB Hi-Fi. They probably will struggle still with Telstra because they, they make their money out of, out of Samsung and, and, and LG. And how does Alcatel drive foot traffic into Telstra? It's a struggle. So the Idol 4 is a 5.1-inch device. The Idol 4S is 5.5 from memory I'm going off. Um, and there is actually, there is actually a, a 4 Plus and a 4 Mini coming as well. So it's actually going to be a four-phone range. A family of phones. Um, <clears throat> I have got to say, I think it's a great phone. Talk about the four. 
It's going to be $400, around $400 when it comes to Australia. Mate, it's a very good phone. It's a great design. It feels good in the hand. It's, you know, got the glass back kind of. It, there's nothing premium cheap. Premium feel to it, eh? That's right. Premium. Exactly. Premium yeah. feel. Um, there's nothing cheap about it at all. And the, it's got a couple of cool features. So it's still got the reversible screen, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the critical thing is it's got this thing on the side called the boom key. Now, here's the funny thing. I had the thing and I had read the press release, but I didn't make the connection that it was a a button that did multiple things. I just thought it was, you know, the um, the camera button because here's the thing, when, when it's off, so you've got the phone, it's just sitting on the table and you press the boom key on the side, it just takes photos. It doesn't unlock and go into the camera. It just takes a photo yeah, or a burst, the, right? From the, just from being off. <laughs> you don't even need to unlock it, right? Yeah, right. So that, that's different. When you're listening to music, you press the boom key, it enhances the bass and the audio. When you're on a phone call, you press the boom key, makes it louder and gives you better sound. Mm. When you're playing games that have the boom key built in, Asphalt being one of them, press the boom key, you get your nitro. Yeah. So it's a key that enhances the, the, everything you do about the phone. So it's a good little function and feature that will yeah. get them some attention. But overall, great phone. Good screen. Real screen really pops. Yeah, AMOLED screen, isn't it? It's, mate, this is a good phone for $400, and I struggle to see why people walk past it. Well, you, you, you're going to think, like, the, the, this, this is going to appeal to those customers who want, they don't want to go on a contract. They see all these attractive SIM-only plans that are out there. So for you think about it, let's let's call it four hundred bucks for four hundred dollar investment and possibly fifty bucks a month. They've got a great quality phone with terrific amount of data, unlimited calls, unlimited texts. That in itself is a great solution. So yeah, there are people who want to buy the S Seven Edge for twelve hundred and forty nine bucks, yeah. and there are people obviously will buy the iPhone Seven for fifteen hundred, whatever that's going to be. But that isn't everyone. The, the majority of the market is in that middle level and lower tier level who want quality and they're getting it with the Alcatel phones, which they've, they've got a range of other devices too. And being able to pick up that, that cheap SIM sim deal, I think a couple of weeks ago Virgin announced $50 SIM only plan, you get 12 gig of data. Like how can you go wrong? I think that is where Alcatel are going to succeed. They're going to have their online store so people can buy direct. They're not at the mercy of the telcos hoping to stock it through Optus or Telstra. They are the masters of their own domain, to quote a line from Seinfeld. So they master of your own be, domain? Yes, I am. They are going to, <laughs> they are going to uh, I think, sell truckloads of this phone. Uh, that once people get, see it in their hand and read our reviews, of course, they're going to be attracted to this device. People and don't buy do phones well. without reading our reviews. Absolutely not. It's, uh, there's research in that. Gartner or news. Uh, VR is also a part of the picture here, the 4S, 4S Idol 4S. Box. The box is a VR headset. It's not a cardboard box that opens up and there's a VR. It's a it, the whole box yep. is the actual like VR a headset. Cardboard sort of thing. Isn't it? But it's plastic. It's not. It's not yeah. cheap. It's yeah. not actually. This is the thing. When you read that, you think yeah. it's just a cheap it's cardboard, just cardboard thing, right? mate. It's as good as the the probably as good as. Remember the gear? No, it's it's ten times better than the um, LG VR that they had yeah. for the for the G four G three, which was plastic. But this is bigger because it's got the padding. It's very much like a Gear VR yeah. from Samsung. Mate, you'll be very impressed when you see this thing. Absolutely. And, and, and if they can get it into a retailer like JB Hi-Fi and put that up on a stand, mm. mate, it'll sell like crackers. Well, I think it is an attractive feature. And I think, too, just VR in general, um, I'm going to put up a story about my interview with uh, Telstra boss Andy Penn. I think the VRs offer a bundling opportunity, too, for, for telcos, but also for the manufacturers. Like, in this case, Samsung pre-order uh, the... Gear, the S7 and S7 Edge, the VR is yours. So it's a great way to attach 
these extra products. And with the, with the Sam, Samsung phone and what we're seeing with other manufacturers is that they're building this ecosystem. Like, you know, Samsung Pay I saw a demonstration of as well. So all it, 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 it's obviously the device is important, but it's what it's all these other features and services that are going to really going to convert people into that ecosystem, going to get and convince people that, yep, that's the device and ecosystem for me. So expect to see a lot more of that. Not It's not just the device. It doesn't end at the device. It starts at the device with all these other services. You can read about the Idol 4 at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. We are here live in Barcelona, and we're doing Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 244. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. And if you're looking for a smart home security camera, don't look past Arlo. Arlo.com slash au. 100% weatherproof, night vision, high definition recording, access from anywhere in the world. I'm sitting here in Barcelona. I can look at the cameras that are in my home and around my home any time of day. As motion is detected, it's recorded, uploaded to the cloud, and I'm sending a notification of that. It's fantastic, very easy to use, very easy to set up, and you can buy them at all the good retailers like JB Hi-Fi, and you can find the retailers and all the details you need at arlo.com au. Now, Stephen, Sony. Sony, uh, they had a press conference on the on day one of the show on their on their stand. They've got a, a big stand here in Hall Three, and they announced uh, uh, the X Xperia X series of devices, along with some other devices that are concept products. Now, the devices themselves are you know refined in the design. They've got a bit more curve to them. They've uh, they're available. There's an X, there's an XA, and there's an X Performance. X Performance being the top of the line. There are a couple of cool features on them, like uh, they've got uh, they've got a new camera focus system that can anticipate movement where it's going to go. So they've got an algorithm if something's moving well, in the we frame. We should put it in goal for Australia at the World Cup maybe, for football. Maybe, maybe, maybe can maybe. anticipate the well, penalty shoot. They had they had a um, they had a test on their on their on their stand. Of, you know you know those. Um, those boppet games, you know, where the things come up and you've got to yeah, dash yeah, them yeah. down. They've got a little table like that, and they press the button, and all you've got to do is just take the, just press the shutter, and it will anticipate which one's going to come up and actually capture it in the frame. It does not anticipate it, that. No, well, no, well, they're, they're, because things are moving. Anticipate in a is direction. the wrong word. Yeah, well, because things are moving in a certain direction, it can sort of work out where the where it's going to be, and then focus on it. There's also a feature that locks on to a subject. Um, the, the so so that'll sort of improve yeah. your photos in terms so, of you so know, the X series. So oh, hang on, we'll get to the X series in a minute. The other one was the earpiece, right? So the Xperia ear. Um, and now the idea here is if you've ever seen the movie, what's it called? She, the yeah, that weird the movie where it's the operating system and yeah. it's just in your life and stuff. It feels a bit like that to me. Mm. You put it in your ear and it's this there all day. You could say, hey, hey, <laughs> you, uh, Google this for me or whatever. And it's so it's not a Bluetooth earpiece for having phone calls. It's for there to continuously be a personal system essentially. Well, it's, it's ironic because what, what Sony want to do with not only the ear, they've announced these other concept products as well, is they want you to use the device or look at the device less. Like, take take a look around, okay? Look outside. Oh, I'm looking look here, right? Look around, yeah. Look how many people are walking with their head down on their phone, not really looking where they're going. They're right. looking at their device. Now, Sony's idea with the, with the Xperia ear is to have this in your ear, obviously answer your phone calls, but also you can say to it, well, what's the time or what's the weather going to be in, 20, in two hours or can you, I want to, I want to go to Syria, Fira, Barcelona. Okay, Google in your ear. Yeah, so rather than you being like this, looking down at your, head, at your phone, this keeps your head up, allows you to do those things. You have your messages read out, you can reply to them as well. So rather than you burying your nose, 
those in your phone, the idea is for you to look up. Now, the other concept products, there is the um, the well, the camera. We'll sort of talk about that in a minute. There's a there's a Xperia projector and the Xperia agent. Now, these work independently. Mm-hmm. Xperia agent. I thought at the this, time we allowed to talk about this. I thought they said this is like yeah, secret service. No, no, it's it's prototype. But, uh, I thought that at the, during the press conference they said Xperia Asian. I thought they were saying. I think what did I just hear that right? And they said no, it's agent. Anyway, anyway, but what these are? These are devices for your home. So rather than you sort of looking at a screen, these work independently of your phone. They just tap into your Wi-Fi and they project on a wall or on a desk, your calendar or uh, a notepad or all these things that rather than you having to do it on your phone, you can actually set it up so that it just projects it on the wall. You can even call people, so you can do a video call. They're projected up on the wall or on the table. So it's this whole sort of minority yeah, report sort of thing. They're all conceptual things that, that yeah. really strike me as attention grabbers. Now, I had a good look at them on the Sony stand. I am going to do a separate story about them on Tech Guide. I think that they they do have a lot of potential in the home, especially when you think about, especially the Xperia, the Xperia agent, which looks after your communications. Agent. That's right, your communications, your um, you know your calendar, and all these reminders, and all the but also can control your home, smart home as well. So you think about the agent in a, in the situation, maybe for oh, I get it. Care or I get like it. That. I just. I just feel like it's one of those, we want to be in this space, we think we can do it well kind of things, not, I prefer to hear about a product. Yeah, well, you can, I did sort of touch and feel the product and saw it in operation. It is, this is still a prototype obviously, but I think it's a a bold step in in another direction. So then the the X series phones, are we talking, well, let's cut to the chase, cheaper? Well, I th- they were described to me as being the super mid-range phone. So the Xperia, where the Xperia Z sits right now, I think they're going to slot in place with those. I think the Z5 Premium still got a fair bit of life left in it with a 4K screen and all that. But these are going to be kind of the the band of phones that may not be competing at the top end with your your Samsungs and your iPhones, but just below where there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities for for customers who want a good camera. The camera is still 23 megapixel. Uh, the, the only the performance, the X performance is waterproof. The others aren't waterproof. So I think that's something that people shouldn't assume that all these experiences are waterproof. Uh, so it's made with that sort of customer in mind with all these great features and all, all the ability to do all these things that's not going to cost the earth it's kind of that mid-level you haven't answered the question mid-level what is that $700 or is that $500 no I'd say more $700 yeah. I don't think that's, that's enough that's mid-level now yeah well they may be they weren't give, obviously talking about the pricing they're not going what to Alcatel Oppo and others are doing I yeah. think you've got to be in the for a Sony you've got to be in the Mate, six hundred a bit. Five five ninety nine would be a nice price for Maybe. a good quality Sony. There are, let's be clear, there are Sony phones in those lower price brackets. Yeah. But you know, they're they're there because they're they're feature, um, not feature feature poor, but performance poor, whatever it is. So yeah, well, I do think they need to, like you said earlier, they just need to accept that the battle is not in the thousand dollar mark. Let's just let's not even try. What build build your base and then have yeah. that battle. So if I was Sony, I'd sit. I'd have a five year plan on the wall. I'd say right, let's just. Let's nail, let's hammer 300, 400, 500, 600 dollar phones. Let's own that, right? And then let's build those people up into thousand dollar phones over time. Absolutely. No, I was chatting with John Featherstone, who's a Sony Mobile Australia boss. He was here and he was chatting with me on the he gave me my booth tour yesterday. He said that what they're doing is actually streamlining the portfolio. Rather than having a, an E, a Z, an X, and all these, they're, they're trying to streamline it. Kind of do an Apple where there's not as many models across the board. There's still a few. 
but you know, catering for those different price points, but less rather than more across the board. Tough sell. Uh, you can read about the uh, Sony range at techguide.com.au. Now, when I accepted an invitation from Huawei to come to Mobile World Congress, I assumed, okay, very good, that's uh, you know mobile phones, so I'll announce the new mate something. They didn't even announce a phone. Like, isn't that the weirdest thing ever, to come to Mobile World Congress and not have a phone announced? So there's a couple of things that I think about that. I think smart move. Everyone else is going to get the attention. Huawei is always going to be third second, third or fourth pick in terms of getting the attention behind LG and Samsung. So why they announce a phone here? at the same time as LG, didn't they? But why announce a phone here, right? Yeah. So what they announced was the Mate Book. Now, they call this a laptop two-in-one. I call this a tablet yeah. um, with great accessories that can turn it into a convertible-style laptop. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't compare with a Lenovo Yoga. That's a, that's a, that's a convertible. Uh, it doesn't compare with other kind of devices that do that kind of laptopy stuff it compares directly fairly and squarely with two devices in my book surface pro ipad pro that's what they're competing with it's a 12 inch screen it's a very small device for a 12 inch screen because it's only a one centimeter edge all the way around the screen um, it is it is impressive it's very thin it's 6.9 mil it's only 640 grams that's a, that's a win for the people that don't like heavy devices yes i know someone like that and um, imagine if someone just tuned in they'd be going who's he talking about <laughs> I'm talking about Trevor. Actually. I'm renowned for not wanting a heavy device. Yes. Um, it's uh, you know what? It's great. It's a Windows 10, um, and the the keyboard cover uh, that come that you can get is splash proof. So there's a lot of advantage there. They've got a great stylus, the uh, the Mate Pen. Um, they have a, a docking little little dock that allows you to plug into the USB C and then actually have everything you need like HDMI and other ports and things. So they've got a, they've got the everything covered. The question for me is: Is it out of the box everything you want? And will you buy this when you compare it to the others? I actually think that Surface is the one that should be worried here. I agree, and, and, and I took note of the fact that when you buy this in the box, all you get is the, is the screen. You don't even get the pen. You don't even get the keyboard cover. Granted, you don't get that with the Surface Pro either, yeah. but wouldn't you think again, that Huawei yeah, to make, to make would a difference. say, look, you know what, Surface, Microsoft don't give you a keyboard why don't we give people a keyboard? So if they're tossing up, if they're going to call it, be. if they're going to call it a convertible, you've got to give them. You've the got to convert it from something. Absolutely right. I think that that, that would have been a maybe at, when it comes to be sold, they might throw that in for nothing. Who knows? I've got a question though. Is it LTE? Is it 4G? There is there a SIM card in this no. thing? There's not. So you can't connect it. Yeah, but it, but it no has SIM card so it has, well, it has a, a hotspot. It has great connectivity to your phone, so you can you can utilize your phone very quickly. In fact, they claim there's a there's a system. This is the one thing I want to test. They claim there's a system that allows you to drag and drop files to an Android phone. Yes. Now, from a Windows computer, I'm I want to see that. That's, I think that, that's, that's a, a very too far for some people. It's not it's yeah. hard hard to do that actually. Mate, you know, I I think it is the number one thing that Apple needs to address. Mm. So everyone needs to address is getting files off your phone. I'm, mate, I'm shooting video here on a phone, and you're like, if your AirDrop doesn't work, how do you get it off? Yeah. You plug it into the computer, and it says this this thing's synced with another iTunes. I mean, it's just too and, hard. And often too, like I, I did the same. Like, I recorded my interview with with the Samsung with Prasad from Samsung on my Samsung Note Five. I wasn't going to stick Which it. You only brought because you. <laughs> no, no, I do use it. I do use it, but I wasn't going to stick for interviews with Samsung I, I executives. <laughs> I wasn't going to stick an iPhone under his nose, but uh, I tried to transfer it to my Mac laptop via Bluetooth, and it said, "No, mate, not working." So I had to actually email it to myself. So there, wouldn't it be great if there was this this standard? I know it's called Bluetooth; it doesn't always work, but a great way to transfer content 
straight up, like airdrop. Imagine, but so imagine, imagine airdrop, universal airdrop. A, universal airdrop that worked. Because the problem yeah. is, man, my, my, I can't, I can't airdrop from my phone to my laptop. Oh, I had to download a video from Dropbox, right? So I, I'd, I'd, can, I'd, I'd made this video on the, on the Mac. I'd, I'd upload it to Dropbox so the Today Show had it yep. to download. And then I wanted to use it and, and yep. clip some bits and tweet so it on it my phone. iPhone. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't get it onto my iPhone. No, I'd, I'd made it on the Mac, and oh, I couldn't right, get it onto right. my iPhone. Do you know that they make mm-hmm. a little lightning cable to yeah. you can connect Mate, your device? Mate, no, but see, <laughs> my, see, my phone is not not synced with that computer, so oh, it would have wiped the phone. I'm well, in Barcelona. No, no. It wouldn't have. It would have said, do you trust this device? No, and then it said, if, if I want to sync it, to sync that movie onto the, onto the phone, it said, you have to wipe the thing. Mate, that's just bad. Yeah. So it's a, it's a huge area. Anyway, we yeah. digress heavily. Yeah. The bottom line here is this is a tablet. It's a 12-inch tablet. The pen is very good. It's all yeah. very good. But it's individual things, and, and therefore it is competing directly against Apple and Microsoft. I think I don't think Apple's got anything to worry about, no. but I think Microsoft should be very worried because well, if, if if I had a choice between the MateBook and the Surface Pro, I'd take the MateBook. Yeah, and there's a USB-C connection, and there's also a cable, isn't it? A converter cable. Yeah. Uh, that that I think that there that's the first tick in the box above the Surface Pro. They don't have USB-C. We should mention the G5 has USB-C as well. Yeah. The LG fan. Um, I had a look at this on the stand. I've got to say, very impressed. Like Huawei have come a long way in the last few years creating premium product. They, they, that, their yeah. design and they've come from this sort of Chinese cheapy brand into this premium brand yeah. in the last couple of years. And now they're competing against the big boys, including Microsoft and the Surface Pro. Check it out. The Huawei MateBook at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Now, uh, Telstra were, are also here at the show, and they used the opportunity to chat about some upcoming uh, devices and also upcoming network improvements. The first that caught my eye would uh, is the new one gigabit per second gateway that they're making in conjunction with our good friends at Netgear. Now, from what I've been told, and I haven't seen the device, but it is apparently a totally different design to what we currently see, the, you know, the traditional hot rectangular hotspot. Is going to have more of a rounded sort of hockey puck kind of look to it, but it is going to enable people once once this is rolled out to the networks like a 4G plus kind of enhancement. Uh, this is going to have one gigabit per second connection, and the gateway can connect up to 20 devices. Like previously, I think you could only do eight or ten. And the way they do that is not uh, via multiple SIM cards; it's via kind of a multiple, but it is still multiple connections. So what's happening is the device is actually making multiple mobile connections, combining them and creating a bigger throughput. So it's not like the network is suddenly able to handle a gig throughput, right? But it's this it's this carrier aggregation and things like that that they utilise. And the thing here is data is getting cheaper and even Telstra is getting cheaper, but it's a long way off being affordable as a home, like a replacement for your home network. But, I mean, it's pretty exciting to think that we'll have gigabit speeds on, on, on mobile. I can't wait. And, and, and I had a chat with, with Andy Penn, the, the CEO, and he's saying... Name dropper. Yeah, well, you know, well, it wasn't just me. There was a whole group of us. But um, it, it was interesting to hear him talk about, uh, you know, they, they, they're going to start a 5G trial at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 in the, on the Gold Coast. So that that's exciting stuff as well. 2020 is when 5G is supposed to land for everybody. So Telstra... Are, uh, again, partnering with Ericsson to make that happen and improving the networks as they go. I did have a chance, we were, we were talking um, about like, things like the demand for video, how it's increased. Uh, there's, they're saying that the, there's been a 42% just in the last year increase of video traffic, uh, video content on the networks. And now with 360 video, these 360 cameras, and customers again, again right behind these, create this video. 
uh, you know, he was saying that there's, they don't really need 5G to cope with that extra that extra surge. That they said they, he said there's still plenty of runway left in 4.5G, 4G to handle that added traffic. Oh, let's be clear, even 4G is still remarkably fast compared to what a lot of people around the world have got. So we we are very lucky. And I will mention also quickly, Optus announced this week that they are um, they're going to um, specifically target their network around stadiums so they're going to um, enhance their network in and around stadiums to create a better um a better better throughput a better configuration a better everything for people so mate by, by state of origin remember i think a couple of years ago or this or last year yep. we were sitting there and i had a vodafone and optus and a telstra telstra phone and my vodafone won the day because mate the just the percentage of customers yep. basically and so what optus is recognizing is that it's not a good look for them yep. so they're they're, they're specifically going to yeah. target the the stadiums for those things so that's an Absolutely. interesting one you can read more about those stories at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Now, lastly, Stephen, I um, I thought this was very cool. Um, when when I was talking to HP before we left about what they were announcing, I said, "Listen, if you got something, I'm you know I'm keen to." I'm, I was looking for something extra because you know with the Today Show, I'm trying to rather than just doing Samsung and LG, I was trying to find three or four different things. And because I was doing it before the show opened, I'm kind of trying to find that that something extra. And so I said to them, if you've got anything interesting, and they said, well, actually, we do. We're announcing a phone. Now, they've not done a phone before. No. Um, and this is, it's a new HP. HP is now kind of a separate separate company to Hewlett-Packard. Hewlett-Packard is a kind of the enterprise end stuff. But HP Inc. is, is the kind of the consumer-facing. So this is, the, this, is a, this is a phablet. It's a 6-inch or 5.9-inch uh, device. The Elite X3. In the hand, mate, very light, yep. very good design, a really nice device running Windows 10. Now, what that does, and, and obviously a Windows phone, all Windows phones can do this, but this is why HP selling it quite smartly is, it can be your everything. So now I think about people at my work who get a laptop, because that's just what we do. You give them a laptop and they're a hot desk, so they, they take it home with them, they come back. They're only doing Word and Excel and PowerPoint on their laptop. Mate, you're carrying around a laptop and a smartphone. Why don't you just carry around the Elite X3? Yeah. And you come to work, you dock it, dock it, your monitor becomes your computer running off your smartphone, but you can still take calls and all that kind of stuff. It's a very versatile little concept. Yeah. But and they won't, look, it's not going to be a massive consumer success, but at enterprise level, like big businesses that buy hundreds of laptops off them, this thing will do okay, I reckon. I think the fact that it's running Windows 10, and look, HP have got experience on the computer side of things. They, they I think years ago they used to make uh, like Palm Pilot style devices. But I think now with Windows 10 running, and, and that's a functionality of Windows 10, is that if it's running on a phone, this is quite a powerful phone, so it'll run really well. You can connect a monitor and turn that into a Windows 10 computer. I think this is the start of something that we're going to see, not just with Windows devices, but with other devices as well. I, I think that the future is going to have us carrying around this all-purpose device yeah, that's going to be everything. There's going to be, we can beam a keyboard here or a screen there. It's going to be our central device that we use everywhere. It'll be our computer when we get home. It'll be our phone when we leave. It'll be our laptop when we need it. It's going to be everything. And this, I think, is the first step down that road where, uh, you know, it's the all-in-one solution that rather, like you said, rather than getting a laptop and everything else, one device to cover many uses. I think it's a good little uh, initiative. Um, it's it's a great leap forward, but uh, it'll be a tough one for HP to, to sell through. And as I say, it won't. It's not exactly uh, guaranteed to be a, a huge seller for them com, um, in the consumer space, but I think they'll do very well um, uh, in the enterprise space. The HP Elite X3. Check it out at eftm.com.au. Now, Stephen, 
That's enough for episode 244. Um, people can download Tech Guide podcasts as well. You've got some interviews and things in there. I'm going to do your tech life later in the week um, after I've had a look at some some things in Amsterdam with Huawei. But I've got to be honest, mate, it's, um, it is a bit overwhelming. There's a lot of this show. Lots There's probably, probably a lot more we could see and a lot more yeah. we could do. But um, I don't know, pretty successful overall in, in yeah. just a couple of days what we've seen. Absolutely. I think that... You know, I'm, I'm looking at a sign now that says mobile is everything. That's kind of the motto here for Mobile World Congress. And it kind of is. Like, the, you, you think about it, the, the, the thing that drives what we do every day, we're taking photos on the move, we're sharing, we're on social media, streaming content. The mobile is now a central part of our lives that take it away and we are lost. So really significant and the fact that, Years ago, this wasn't anywhere near the size of the event it is today. This is only going to grow. The mobile industry is, and, and not just at the device level, you know, which we talk about all the time, but also that's that other level, the network level, and getting those speeds and those to meet our demands, that's where we're going to see real progress as well. Yeah, and I think that's the cool thing that you get to see by coming here is you see that development that's going on behind the scenes to actually build what we need from our mobiles in the future. It's all well and good for, for companies to make mobiles that can do things, but if the networks can't handle it and, and all that in between, it's a bit of a problem. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 244, our happy, fifth anniversary. Uh, happy anniversary. Thanks, honey. Is it anniversary, um, birthday, what do we call it? It's anniversary. anniversary. anniversary yeah, yeah. It's, definitely, so it's, it's like a marriage, problem. isn't it? Yeah. It's very much like a marriage. <laughs> Happy anniversary, love. Uh, thanks, thanks, darling. Um, it's been uh, wonderful to uh, entertain you, hopefully, and inform you over the last five years. We'll keep doing it. What do you reckon, another five years, mate? Oh, there's at least five years left in us, I think. There will be a seven-year itch. <laughs> you think so? Oh, for sure. Speak for yourself, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two blokes talking tech, live from Barcelona. Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting We'll be talking to you next week.